Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to have a great discussion because we're going to be talking about truly making your business successful. And that definition of success is what you want it to be. And so we're going to have a great discussion today about how to really make sure your business is doing what you want your business to do or that you're doing what you want to do. So please join me in welcoming Katie Burkhart to our program today. Hi, Katie. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Deb? I'm doing fantabulous, fantabulous. So let me tell people just a little bit about you, and then we will dive into this. So Katie Burkhart is the mastermind behind Matter Logic, the simple system for running a purpose-driven business, and has quickly become one of the go-to experts in this space. She's a serial entrepreneur, a keynote speaker, a minimalist designer, a jargon slayer, and sharp communicator. She synthesizes connections that enable humans to make the most of the time that they invest in their work. So again, Katie, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Deb. I'm excited for this conversation. I know, I know. You know, most people listen to our program, but for those who, who you know, are, are watching, you, you talked about being a minimalist. You are truly a minimalist, plain background, plain um, black shirt. I love it. I love it. And of course, what that means is we focus on you. And I think that's what so many people get caught up in, especially in this day of Zoom, right? Where we want everything behind us. Um, but no, if we want to focus on you. And so I, I love this. Well, speaking of focusing on you, what I really want to know when I talk to my guests is how they got to where they are today. So tell us how it is that you discovered that this is your passion in life. Well, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I, I had a first job before I actually graduated high school. It was something that my family did. Everybody had to have one. Uh, it was part of my parents teaching us, you know, what what work was about. Uh, a number of of lessons contingent to that. Uh, but we we determined for me, lifeguarding was probably going to be the best summer oh. job. You could make a decent rate. It was right in town. Mm -hmm. I was a swimmer. It worked around practice. It was all good. Uh, but I ended up lifeguarding at the pool that I attended as a kid. Um, so I had been going for years as a swimmer and watching the lifeguards, you know, they're the, they're the cool kids. They have mm -hmm. sunglasses and car keys, you know, right. like it's this, I'm now cool getting mm -hmm. to do this job. And I was excited to start it because, you know, it was new. Mm -hmm. um, but what I found really quickly and rather unfortunately was that between when I was a kid and when I became a lifeguard, the pool had become markedly less popular for uh -oh. a vast variety of mm -hmm. reasons. You know, people play on sports teams, mm -hmm. people's time is being spent mm -hmm. differently, but there were just less people there. So the job in a lot of cases was you sitting on a stand, staring at a largely empty pool, um, oh. which is not magnanimously interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and what I found was that what you did was you sat there and you counted 15 minutes down and then you moved to the next chair and you counted 15 minutes <laughs> down and then 
you went in and you had your lunch break for 15 minutes and then you started it all over again. And mm-hmm. what I learned from that, among other lessons, was that I never wanted to work a job where that's how it worked. That right. it was you were really, really watching that clock. Yes. And that you were watching time tick by and know that I'm not going to get it back. You mm-hmm. know, like that that was it. The day is spent. And I'm mm-hmm. not sure that that I really did anything mm-hmm. particularly meaningful or productive mm-hmm. or exciting. I'm not even sure that I was all that useful here because there's there's nobody in the pool, you mm-hmm. know. So mm-hmm. what is this really all about? Flash forward um a number of years. I had gotten out of college. I was starting to work my first, you know, quote unquote, real jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working uh, with a particularly difficult manager mm-hmm. um, who wasn't loved to micromanage, but was not very good at telling you why she Ooh. wanted you to be doing mm-hmm. whatever it was that you were doing. Um, it was my and, way. And that was the way to do it. And that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that I asked was good enough. Um, while I was a very independent worker, very thorough, mm-hmm. known for making sure that the project was run well. So, mm-hmm. I had a really clear plan for what I was working on and the order I was doing tasks to make sure that we we had everything we needed to do. And it was very close to the end of the project and she just walked in, like absolutely lost her thing because I wasn't focusing on this minute detail because mm-hmm. she asked, even though it made no mm-hmm. logical mm-hmm. sense as part of the project mm-hmm. and decided to ream me out publicly in oh. front of all the other people working mm-hmm. on the project. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so unprofessional. I totally lost my patience and I told her to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and needless to say, was promptly fired um, because you, you can't <laughs> you don't do that. Do that. Um, but it was a, a recognition, a sort of development that it wasn't enough to do a job that I thought was meaningful. Mm-hmm. The organization needed to be run in a way that made sense. And mm-hmm. I needed to be part of the sense making mm-hmm. or it wasn't going to be a really good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up working with a lot of organizations that wanted to do that. Um, I was working with a lot of nonprofits at the time. They mm-hmm. had a mission, you know, mm-hmm. they were trying to set out an intentional track, but I found they had a hard time really sticking to it. Um, mm-hmm. How do we really shift this from mm-hmm. this statement we worked hard to put together to how we're running our business day right. to day? And that's how I ended up backing into the purpose driven model. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love that you mentioned backing into. Because what you talk about is how we need to work backward. What the heck does that mean? Great question. I'm going to start this with a story uh, because I happened to be on a call um, with a client last week who was venting some frustration about the fact that she'd had a meeting Mm -hmm. uh, with her team and she said, okay, well, we're we're shooting video at this upcoming conference. Mm -hmm. Like, are there other people that we should be shooting? Are there other things we should mm-hmm. be doing? Like, how are we taking advantage of this opportunity? And her her team sort of looked at her blankly and didn't have an immediate response. And she mm-hmm. said, I, I was frustrated by that. Like, why aren't they generating more ideas? I right. said, well, you're working in the wrong order. What you're doing is you're giving them tactics of which there are infinite and mm-hmm. saying, should we do something with this? What mm-hmm. would be better is to say, here's what I'd like to get out of this. Okay. Can we use this tactic mm-hmm to achieve it. Mm-hmm. Why are you are you shooting mm-hmm. additional people with this video footage? What is it that you want to do mm-hmm. with it? What is it going to help you achieve? Mm-hmm. Um, and that concept of working backward, of actually starting at the end mm-hmm. and then determining deliberately what actions you're going to take to get to that mm-hmm. end has a, a great deal to do with cutting through the just absolute mm-hmm. noise that we face today as leaders and businesses. Right. And actually focusing on the things that really matter mm-hmm. and that are going to get us to that destination. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and, and so many times, whether we're the employee or the business owner or, you know, all of those, we do something just because, um, you know, or worse, because that's the way we've always done it. My favorite and, phrase. Right. You know, and, and so, you know, even if we own our own business, I mean, we're not thinking outside the box. We're not, you know, it really is, well, this is what worked before. So we're going to continue doing that. And most of the time, that doesn't work because things change. I mean, hello, there's a pandemic. Um, you know, even if there wasn't a pandemic, technology changes, people changes. I mean, you know, all of these various things. So I love that that what you are telling people is that you know you need to figure out your why. And I think that, I think that confuses people. You know, if you say what's your why, they're like. I need the money. And then, you know, okay, that's that why does have to be in there. But walk us through how you, you know, whether it's personal or from a business, determining what someone's why is. So I think the first place to start is to, to talk a little bit about Forrest Gump. So for anybody who's watched that movie, it's one of my favorites. There's a moment where he's he's gotten shot. He's watching TV aimlessly and people are like, I can't deal with this. And I, I love the contradiction of the contrast between the aimless TV watching and I'm going to teach you how to play ping pong because the advice that he's given is never take your eye off the ball. Um, and that's really what you're doing as a purpose-driven business. And the difference is the ball is your purpose, which is why you exist, why it is that you're doing what you're doing and why it matters. Um, and to matter, you need to provide lasting value. Mm -hmm. um, and the cool thing about value is it comes in a lot of shapes and sizes. I think people hear purpose and they say, well, if I'm not saving the whales, you know, it's just not valid. And, mm -hmm. and the reality is that's not true. Um, there is a lot of ways to deliver value, whether it's producing the highest quality product, whether it's serving a particular group of people in the way that's going to be most productive to them. There's a lot of way to deliver that value, but that's what you're focused on. And you're getting everything in your business to drive towards that. And again, mm -hmm. following the same working backward capacity, we start there. Mm -hmm. Then we start to work backwards, setting our company strategy all the way down to why the heck am I getting on the phone for this meeting today? Mm -hmm. um, and the best way to do that, and I think it's the big, I'm going to talk about two shifts. One it's not about you. So when you start thinking about value, you're delivering that value to someone else. So one of the best ways to actually get clear on the value you provide is to talk to the people you serve, whether they're your customers, if you're a nonprofit, they're your beneficiaries. What is it that they are, are coming to you for? How okay. do you improve their life? Mm -hmm. And really get clear on that concept. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as much as possible, use the language they use. Make mm -hmm. it clear that you understand them. Mm -hmm. um, the second part is once you've done that, it becomes very clear that money is the resource, not the goal. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to deliver that value effectively. And one of the best ways to know you're doing it effectively is that you get repeat business. Not right. only was I willing to believe you were going to deliver value, mm -hmm. you did it. You did it so well. I'm going to keep giving you money so that you can do it again, again, and again. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that's how you start to actually scale your, your reach is mm -hmm. because the profit becomes the outcome of pursuing mm -hmm. your purpose, not why you all came together in the first place. Right. You know, and, and you said something that that I I just wrote down to make sure I, I mentioned it. You said, you know, we want to improve someone's life. You know, and it doesn't have to be earth shaking. 
you know, it can just be, hey, they had a better dinner tonight than they were planning on. But, you know, as a marketing person, we're taught to solve someone's pain. And and I was just thinking about it's basically the same thing, but in solving someone's pain, it's kind of a negative aspect. Improving their life is is a much more positive thought process. Yes. And that's where you start to get into, you know, you need to understand the obstacles and the challenges in their Mm -hmm. road. Absolutely. Or how do you start to move them out of their way so -hmm. that they can Mm -hmm. be successful? But what you ultimately want to understand is, okay, I solved that problem for you. Mm -hmm. What does life look like now? What do you look like when you're successful? What Mm -hmm. am I helping you do achieve Mm -hmm. or become, which Mm -hmm. starts to, to your point, put it in a much more positive Mm -hmm. light. And I think where people really want to be, yes, Mm -hmm. telling me in that ad that you're going to solve this really niggling problem Mm -hmm. I have is probably going to get me to click. Mm -hmm. But I also want to know and that you understand what I want my life to look like on Mm -hmm. the other side of Mm -hmm. said problem. Right. You know, and, and I love that it doesn't have to be something huge and grandiose. Um, you know, I I started my career in public relations by working for one of the biggest nonprofits in the world. I worked for the American Cancer Society. That's a pretty big, grandiose type of thing. Um, but we also had much smaller goals that kind of fit into that. Um, you know, and and so yes, you know, you want to you know uh, cure cancer. I mean, you know, we spent a lot of money in funding, research, and and things like that. But sometimes it was, hey, we wanted, I remember one time, one of our campaigns, and this, this was, we were in Denver, we were reaching the Russian population, because there was, for some reason, a large Russian contingency in Denver, talking to the women about the importance of manograms. That's a pretty small little thing. But, you know, and, and but we had to be very specific. I mean, clearly, I could not go in there and do that. I don't look like them. I certainly don't speak Russian. Um, And so, you know, we had to really think about how we were going to be able to change their lives with our message. Um, You know, and and so it was a much smaller type of thing, but for those people, it made a a huge difference. Yes. And I think what you're starting to look at is I think a lot of organizations hear purpose and they're like, I worked really hard. We brought in a consultant and the Mm -hmm. C-suite sat in a closed door room. We poofed up some magic we made a notebook which immediately, which originally <laughs> makes me go, the, she didn't talk to any of the right people. And I mm-hmm. hope that 10 of you can be your sole customer base if you didn't take the time to mm-hmm. talk to them. But okay, let's assume we have a good purpose statement. Mm-hmm. What's missing after that is you also need the rest of your core strategy, your vision, right. your mission, your values, and your story. Mm-hmm. You then need to start looking at what are those top level outcomes as an mm-hmm. organization that we're striving toward all together, mm-hmm. then how do we translate that into a plan mm-hmm. with objective key results and tactics that actually break that all the way down mm-hmm. to the day-to-day? Because right. you're right, we're not we're not all going to be doing the huge thing at one mm-hmm. time. We're going to be breaking it into mm-hmm. chunks that we can actually make that forward progress mm-hmm. and hopefully also be learning as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the, the big shifts that I think people also need to make is that when you're really dealing with a purpose-driven business and looking at what you want to achieve, for most people, it's really about the long game, not the short mm-hmm. game. You know, most things that you want to achieve, whether it is saving the whales mm-hmm. or really helping to deliver value to the particular group mm-hmm. that you're serving, it's going to take some time mm-hmm. for you to see that come about. And mm-hmm. you're going to be working at it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're 
just looking at saying, I'm here to fulfill this purpose. You know, mm-hmm. you want to be picking a purpose that's going to last a hundred mm-hmm. years. So I right. hope you're starting to mm-hmm. shift your thinking to, mm-hmm. we're going to have to break this into bite-sized chunks mm-hmm. and moves ourselves along this track and be excited about the fact that it's, it's going to take some mm-hmm. sustained effort. Right. You know, and I talk with businesses who, who use the word just, Oh, we just sell insurance. We're just a plumber. We're, you know, and, and I mean, it's like the people that, you know, I'm just a wife. Mm. You know, we should never use that word just because the, the, the first thing you did was you devalued yourself. Um, but you know, it's, you know, the, the plumber might have solved a really, really big problem for somebody. Um, you know, the landscaper, their purpose might be to bring beauty into to people's backyards. You know, all of those things, the insurance, I mean, you know, that's, that's an important thing for, for people. And so I think that's, you know, one of the important things for people to remember is your purpose is important. Um, you know, and, and you shouldn't devalue it. And, and maybe if you are devaluing it, maybe you shouldn't be doing it. Yes. One of the people that I, I like to talk about because it happened in my life was the pest control guy for the mm-hmm. life of me. I cannot remember his name and that is my fault, not his. Bug dude. But, <laughs> yes. But he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I was upset because I thought I might have tracked bed bugs home from a hotel. Mm-hmm. We're very happy to know it did not happen. Oh, there weren't mm-hmm. bed bugs at the hotel. It didn't happen. But mm-hmm. I had been upset the whole night because mm-hmm. for days, because I mm-hmm. was like, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I have no, no peace of mind. Mm-hmm. I'm, I have so much anxiety mm-hmm. over the fact that there could be bugs here and mm-hmm. what a mess that's going to cause for my life. Mm-hmm. And what was really cool about this professional was that he was there. Mm-hmm. He was there positively. Mm-hmm. He was like, I will be as thorough as you need me to be mm-hmm. because I want to make sure that you have the peace of mind you need, mm-hmm. that your home is clear. Mm-hmm. This was someone that understood mm-hmm. the value he was delivering. And I think mm-hmm. we don't think about that value mm-hmm. until we need it. Or mm-hmm. we can very easily say, well, geez, that's not a very glamorous job. Mm-hmm. I think the startup with the you know shoes made of plastic is mm-hmm. way cooler. Mm-hmm. But like I would have cut off my right arm if it meant he could tell me for mm-hmm. sure right. that there were no bugs in mm-hmm. my home. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think we need to be really careful to, to think about that. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was really cool was that this company understood that value in the way they delivered their service. They had mm-hmm. somebody there that day. Mm-hmm. They had somebody there and they had all the paperwork done in advance so that if I needed treatment, it could be delivered immediately. Like they understood right. the value they were delivering mm-hmm. and were able to be specific mm-hmm. in the actions they took to mm-hmm. make sure that that value was delivered. Right. You know, and, and you mentioned the core values, you know, and, and those are, you know, your purpose, your, your, I'm reading from your website, you know, purpose, vision, mission, values, and story. And I think too often what happens is we we create one of those and it gets put on the wall, right? You know, we put it in the pretty letters. We fight for hours over what it's supposed to say, um, you know, and, and things like that. And we might create a plan. And I kind of laughingly earlier said, you know, we create a notebook, but we do. We create the book, the plan, the whatever, business plan, marketing plan, whatever. And it sits on that shelf and it gathers dust. So how do we make these something that is so important that we live and breathe it every single day? So some of that's a shift, you know, there is no sexy answer. Step one, 
you have to believe that this is the way you want to run your business. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the discipline that that's what you're going Mm -hmm. to do. Um, And some people really embrace that and some people don't. And we have clients who have looked at it and said, we've tried a lot of other ways to do it, but we are not cutting through that noise. I have disengaged team members. I got people working on stuff. I don't understand why Mm -hmm. they're working on it. Like we're not delivering on the value we need to deliver. And that's going to start to disrupt our ability to Mm -hmm. do what we're here to do. And you know what? I'm pretty excited about what we're here to do. And I'd like to bring everybody Mm -hmm. along with me. So you have to have that open space to say, I'm really going to do this Mm -hmm. for real. Right. Um, After that, uh, a couple of pieces become really obvious. One, we talked about, and you just did a great job of reading all the pieces of the core strategy. One of the, the things that people fall down on is they get their purpose or their mission or their values. Mm-hmm. They pick one, mm-hmm. not all five. Um, and, and I will be the first to tell you in our work with clients, you need all five and right. you need people to understand how they work together. Mm-hmm. So purpose really sets that focus and tells mm-hmm. you why you're here mm-hmm. and why you're here perpetually. Why do we keep mm-hmm. existing over time? Um, then what you need is your vision to say, this is what the world's going to look like for mm-hmm. successful in fulfilling that purpose. Mm-hmm. Our mission are the specific actions we're actually taking to move along that road. Mm -hmm. Your values are actually how you take those actions Mm -hmm. so that you can be more specific to your company and hopefully deliver that Mm -hmm. value better. The story is what brings it all together. And it's why I actually have a team dedicated to doing nothing except helping leaders refine that story and getting their team on board um, with what it is, because that's what's going to allow people to grab a hold um, Mm -hmm. and come with you versus Mm -hmm. those statements in the book on the wall. Right. Um, The next piece is once you've defined your outcomes and you've put your plan together, Mm -hmm. that's the plan. And Mm -hmm. I think what ends up happening is people see what is traditionally called strategic planning as something mm-hmm. different from how they run their business every day. Mm-hmm. This is an right. age-old problem, not, a, not necessarily a purpose-driven problem, but, mm-hmm. but the problem remains. Mm-hmm. If we're going to sit and put this plan together, then this is what we need to be doing for mm-hmm. the next three years um, and actually working to develop a cycle um, by which you review, you listen, review, learn and Mm -hmm. realign um, Mm -hmm. so that your business stays focused on these things. And you've also given yourself room to adjust to changes, to Mm -hmm. try and experiment, determine it failed or it worked Mm -hmm. and learn from it either way um, so that you really stay on track. Um, And that's one of the things that we spend the most amount of time with our clients who usually get to the end of the process and they're tired. They've worked really hard to put all these pieces together Mm -hmm. and hopefully involved all of the stakeholders Mm -hmm. in the process versus again, making that, Mm -hmm. you know, closed door CEO magic session Mm -hmm. Um, is say, okay, we're tired and us to say, but you really need to do this part. Mm -hmm. And we call that cycle calibration, making Mm -hmm. sure that, you know, every week, every month, every quarter, every year, every three years, how are we making sure that we are Mm -hmm. connecting the dots working backwards so that right. we're putting our time and resources mm-hmm. into the things that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's obviously so important to work backwards. I think it's also important, and, and you've alluded to this, to working from the bottom up, you know, including every person. Um, I've mentioned this a couple of times on the program before, when I worked for a very large company, uh, our CEO routinely, you know, I shouldn't say routine, once a month at least, would go down to the mail room and have coffee with the guys. It just happened to be all guys, but um, and you know, and, and his philosophy was they knew everything that was going on because they made the rounds, they talked to everybody, 
And, you know, he was up on the top floor of the building, right? CEOs are always, you know, if you've got a multi-level building, they're on the top floor. Um, And so he loved talking to the guys in the mailroom to find out what was really going on. And the nice thing was he had a good enough relationship with them that they were honest with him. You know, they didn't just say, oh, it's great. Things They would say, you know what? People are really complaining about this. Or have you thought about that? And I think that's, you know, as, as leaders, that's, we get lost in it because we're running the business. Um, and we forget to ask everybody who works there, you know, and, and you know, maybe you can't go individually and talk to them, but they need to have that ability. Maybe it's that they have team meetings and then those leaders report up, you know, things like that. But you really do need to know what's going on at the, at the it, I don't want to say, you know, it's, it's the lower levels, but certainly not any less important. Yes. And, and I have two responses to that. One, um, never, ever devalue work. I think right. in part of the conversations or what I often hear about focusing on what matters, mm-hmm. people are very quick to say, well, outsource all that other stuff. And right. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you've just obfuscated the fact mm-hmm. or hidden the fact that there is a human being that is going to pick up all that stuff, mm-hmm. that if they didn't do it, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to do what you are mm-hmm. doing. So there, there is no work that doesn't have value if it's mm-hmm. moving you toward that goal. Mm-hmm. So you have to have everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's been a lot of talk about, you know, well, we're going to create a chief purpose officer and they're just going to figure it out. It is what a biggest, fluffy title. <laughs> it's terrible. Like that's not the goal. You as the CEO, like it is your responsibility mm-hmm. to set the pace and mm-hmm. to keep us focused. But that means not just telling me that this is what it's going to mm-hmm. be. It means involving me. So when right. you think about the old way of doing business, we mm-hmm. were accustomed to treating people as things. Mm-hmm. You know, I can right. tell them what to do. I can hit the button. Mm-hmm. And just like a machine, they'll come on and off. And they're replaceable. Correct. And they're replaceable. That's not what's really going to allow you mm-hmm. to have a high impact team moving forward. Your people mm-hmm. are some one, which means mm-hmm. they need a reason for what they're doing every day. That's why you're telling them not just what they're doing, but right. why they're doing it. Um, but to really make smart decisions about, you know, we talked about, we know what our objectives are, we know what our key mm-hmm. results are, then we get down to tactics. When we work with clients, we like to say to leaders, not only do you need to listen to your team before you develop the strategy, get comments on what the strategy you put mm-hmm. in place is, but because you have set guidelines, because you are working backwards, mm-hmm. give them the flexibility to pick the tactics they know are going right. to work because mm-hmm. you don't know anything mm-hmm. about Twitter CEO. I can mm-hmm. tell, like mm-hmm. let your communications people mm-hmm. determine what the best tactics are going to be. And then as a team, understand what measurements you've put in place to determine if you're effectively mm-hmm. delivering value. That's what will help you to assess. Right. Well, we tried this tactic. It didn't work. Here's mm-hmm. what we learned. Let's try a new tactic. Mm-hmm but you're putting it into the hands of the people to do what they do best. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes a huge difference completely to your point, how you get that feedback Mm -hmm. that you so need to really develop the plan and and know what's going on. Mm -hmm. We like to talk about those as feedback loops. Mm -hmm. Um, In a lot of cases, people will solicit things from their Mm -hmm. employees or from their team and they'll read the information, but that's where the conversation stops. Right. It's a They get the thing out of the suggestion box. They read it and they go... And throw it away. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, and sometimes they even think about it, but it's mm-hmm. it's not a dialogue. It should mm-hmm. be a loop. You've asked for feedback on specific right. things. You 
gotten their input, mm-hmm. then you need to be able to go back to them and say, mm-hmm. I heard you. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm doing with your input. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're going to act on all right. of it because sometimes you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's not a good reason to mm-hmm. do that. Or, you know, Pete has this real hang up about X, Y, Z. And unfortunately mm-hmm. we disagree with Pete, you know, mm-hmm. so we're going to have to work in and do what we can, but you've gotten back to them. And then the last piece of that is to say, here's what we're doing. You know, don't mm-hmm. just get back and say, I read your stuff. Say, mm-hmm. I got back. Here's what we learned. Here's what we're planning right. to do, or here's what we're already doing. Mm-hmm. And then the last piece of that is to say, thank you so much mm-hmm. for contributing because right. that's what helps mm-hmm. them to know that you valued the contribution, mm-hmm. that it wasn't just a ch- box to check mm-hmm. or man, you guys complained about a lot of stuff, but it was something that you really mm-hmm. valued. Right. You know, and, and it is that discussion that that goes on where, you know, it, it like you said, it might be something that you choose not to do. But tell me why, you know, is it a budgetary thing? Is it, you know, we tried it and it didn't work. Um, You know, I've worked in financial companies. And so some of those are, that's not legally possible. Um, You know, might be a great idea, but, uh, you know. Um, And so, you know, and and the people, you know, that whoever's giving you that feedback, whether it's your employees, your clients, um, people like that, they have to know that if they give negative feedback, that's just as valuable, if not more valuable. Yes. Um, and we talk about one of the pieces of our system is decisions, which we've mm-hmm. called out completely on its own. And, and I've had people ask me, well, well, why? Um, and the answer is exactly what you just said. Um, why? We want to make sure that there is a strong culture around decision-making, that you understand that that core strategy is really a lens by which you can make decisions. Mm -hmm. Does this help us fulfill our purpose? Mm -hmm. I guarantee you, you just knocked half the options right Mm -hmm. off the table because it probably doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you can say, is this going to help us get to the world and our vision? Is it going to help us achieve our outcomes? Mm -hmm. Yes, no, maybe. You Mm -hmm. know, does it fit within the unique capabilities of our mission and the way things we do things here Mm -hmm. under our values? Yes and no. Can I make a good Mm -hmm. case for that? Mm -hmm. Or at the very least, a good case to tell you that I think it's worth testing Mm -hmm. and how I'm going to know if it was successful. Um, And that starts to change how that's going through. Mm -hmm. But the important piece of that, um, which is something we're working with, with clients to do, and it's a big shift is you're going to need to write that down um, so that when you're sitting to make the decision, you have to actually go through, here's how I think this works in practice. Mm -hmm. Let me walk you through my reasoning, Mm -hmm. um, which makes for stronger, more careful Mm -hmm. decision-making. Two, it also means that there's a record. So Mm -hmm. if you are with a larger team, Mm -hmm. they can see, oh, here, I see the information they considered. Mm -hmm. I see that you know, they tabled these things because they tried them in the past and mm-hmm. they didn't work. And we already right. knew that. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to improve, not mm-hmm. go backwards. Um, and here's why they went with the decision mm-hmm. that they made. And I can understand that, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge shift, I think, for a lot of organizations that feel that, you know, their team doesn't trust them or, you know, decision is really challenging It's for mm-hmm. a couple of reasons. One, they're having meetings to make decisions and decisions did not actually get made. They mm-hmm. discussed something, but no decision was made. Or two, we had a meeting, we made a decision, and then mm-hmm. we did not communicate what the decision was mm-hmm. and why it was right. made. Right. You know, and I think so many times people also forget that, you know, communicating that message is not just for that one person. It's also for everybody else. Um, yes. You know, we we manage Facebook accounts for clients, 
and, you know, and, and reputation management. And so, you know, we on occasion get negative reviews. There's a reason, you know, for, you know, who, I mean, some of them, you can tell somebody had a little bit too much to drink and they were just annoyed and they were, you know, um, but, you know, they're, some of them are just, you know, they're wanting to be mean, right? You know, they just, I don't like you. I'm going to write a bad review, but we always respond. And, and I tell my clients, I say the response is not for the person who wrote it because most of the time they never go back and read it. They don't care. They vented, they were done. The response is for everybody else who reads it to know that we care, we listened and, you know, if possible, here was the, the outcome, you know, whether it's just to say, you know, please call us, we want to discuss this or, you know, and sometimes, you, you know, depends, uh, you know, on what it is as to how you can respond, but we always respond. And of course, people want to put the bad stuff, they want to hide it, um, you know, and, and I tell them, no, you know, we cannot do that. We have to respond so that people know that, that we are paying attention to those things. And, and what's more is that, you know, one of the the shifts that we also ask organizations to make is to say that if you're not learning, you stop. Right. Um, and I think with bad things, we're hardwired as humans mm-hmm. to avoid them. You right. know, we just that hurts. We don't want to look. It hurts. You it's said our baby difficult. was ugly. <laughs> yes, and we just do not want to touch that. So I'm gonna. I'm just gonna not look at it. Um, but the reality is, if you're really a purpose-driven organization, mm-hmm. this is an opportunity for you to learn and improve. You know, mm-hmm. so if something's not working, now this may not be the person venting on Facebook because that may be their issue, not yours, mm-hmm. because sometimes that's the case. But when you start looking at your team, I think we have a tendency mm-hmm. in feedback loops to be looking for the places where somebody had really something really positive to mm-hmm. say, right. but making space for people to say this isn't working, mm-hmm. or I'm really trying to hit this objective you want me to mm-hmm. hit, but you know these barriers are really right. in my way. Mm-hmm. Um, and taking time to say, okay, thank you so much mm-hmm. for raising that to my mm-hmm. attention. Let's go in and see what we can right. do to make it better. And mm-hmm. sometimes the answer is, there is legalese in the way mm-hmm. that means we just have to follow this process because mm-hmm. that's the law. And I'm sorry, mm-hmm. the paperwork stinks, you know, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's like, oh, I had no idea that this process was, was such a pain in the butt. Right. Let's see if we can figure out how mm-hmm. to streamline it so that this isn't mm-hmm. where you're spending your time. You're mm-hmm. spending your time doing the work we really need you mm-hmm. to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, somebody might just be pointing out, hey, our software is outdated. Our, our tech is outdated. You know, and, and so your response might be, okay, we can afford to upgrade half right now. And we'll, you know, I mean, again, people just want to know that they're heard. Yes. And I think that that piece, that learning how to have a conversation mm-hmm. versus this kind of one way piece mm-hmm. is part of starting to treat people as someone versus mm-hmm. something. No mm-hmm. one likes to be talked at, right. you know, I, I think of, uh, I went to the seashore uh, in August mm-hmm. um, down in Jersey, which is where I went as a kid. My family was like, wouldn't mm-hmm. that be fun? I was like, sure. I think we're a yeah. little old, but sure. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. And they had installed, since I had been there a number of years ago, um, big megaphones, which they used to only get on the megaphone once in a blue moon because mm-hmm. it was like a genuinely shark, unique announcement. <laughs> yeah. Usually, you know, can so-and-so please Uh come? And it means somebody lost a kid, which is not Uh a good thing, but that's what it means. Uh Um, What they had changed to was an automated messaging system. So every so many minutes you would get, you know, there is no smoking on the boardwalk, you know, Uh and then you'd get like a pause. 
there are no dogs on the like Aww. whatever it was, mm-hmm. but it was like by the time we left, mm-hmm. we were like predicting the message with right. them because there was mm-hmm. no dialogue mm-hmm. there. It was a one-way blast. And you and ignored frankly, it. Absolutely. It was frustrating at mm-hmm. first. And then I just tuned it out with right. the rest of the noise. Right. So then if they'd come on and said, danger, danger, you wouldn't have paid any attention. Probably not because we would have been like, oh, new message. Cool. I've <laughs> gone back to yeah. well, our And, and your brain just reached the point where it just didn't even listen, you know, because yeah. uh, it was it was so repetitive. Yeah. And I think that's a big piece in that learning to focus on what mm-hmm. matters is that conversation, mm-hmm. that dialogue mm-hmm. helps that to, to keep everybody's efforts mm-hmm. in the right place and to keep them listening mm-hmm. versus tuning you out. Right. You know, I, I was thinking about, you know, when, when you've got your purpose and, you know, and you've communicated it with everybody, how important is it to communicate it with the people who are going to buy things from you? Um, you know, and, and especially, I mean, first of all, you better be able to make it. Um, but, but is it important? And, and I'm looking, I, I looked real quick here at Walmart. People love Walmart. People hate Walmart. I mean, you know, for, for a variety of reasons, but their purpose is to save people money so they can live better, you know, and they communicate that to, to people. And I think, you know, so if you went in and things were really, really expensive, you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. Or if things were of such low quality, and that's you know kind of a debatable thing, but you know how important is it that your constituents, that the the public, knows what your purpose is? So we would say that it is something you probably should put on your website, most okay. likely on the about page, you mm-hmm. know, so that people understand what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason it's important is that it should be there to benefit them, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where people get kind of caught up in, you know, well, this purpose, you know, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I would put a big asterisk after that and say, maybe, you know, because (laughs) if why you do it Mm -hmm. is because it makes you happy, I could give two poops, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just not going to motivate me as a customer. Mm -hmm. If why you're doing it is about how you're delivering value to me and or Mm -hmm. the world, that's much more interesting Mm -hmm. to me. And I can determine if you're actually holding up to that Mm -hmm or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think really getting out there and saying, this is the purpose, this is the vision we're trying to get to, and here's the mission that we're currently on, you're giving people points Mm -hmm. to engage, Um, Mm -hmm. whether that's you're encouraging a customer to make a purchase, you're encouraging them to talk about what you're Mm -hmm. doing and share that with new people. Mm -hmm. Um, You're encouraging someone who's investing in you to Mm -hmm. understand why they're there or a potential partner who wants to work with you. Mm -hmm. And one of the best ways to do that is ultimately through the story, because it's the most human Mm -hmm. of the pieces. It's what they're going to understand most rapidly Mm -hmm. and see where they're supposed to Mm be. Um, But putting those things out there publicly, first of all, says, I'm, I'm taking this seriously enough that I'm Mm going to put it out there, which means I know somebody is Mm going to hold me accountable Mm -hmm. to it. Um, Two, it's then an opportunity to say like, Hey, join me on this Mm -hmm. versus not. Um, And it does, which surprises people when I say this on the third prong, is it will turn away those people who aren't with you. Um, Mm -hmm. And people immediately get upset and they say, well, that's not good. I Mm -hmm. said, why? You weren't here to serve them in the first place. So in some ways, telling people who you're here to serve Mm -hmm. and how you're going to serve them will also help Mm -hmm. them to self-select like, yeah, this is the group I want to work with. Mm-hmm. This isn't, right. for example, um, my company, uh, my, my 
storytelling firm lists its values right on its website. And mm-hmm. I have people who will call and say, I absolutely loved value X, Y, Z, you know, and it's their self-selecting that mm-hmm. not just what you do, right. but how you're going to do mm-hmm. it is where that this is a good mm-hmm. fit for them. And that's right. a good thing. You know, and, and I think more and more people really are doing that. They're, they're either saying, Hey, this is where I want to spend my money. Or this is where I want to work, um, you know. And and we were talking before the program about millennials, um, and I think one of the things that we have seen so much with that generation is that they want to work with companies that have a good, solid purpose that they can believe in. Um, you know, long gone are the days. Well, I shouldn't say this. You know, there's still people who go to work to get the paycheck. Yeah, that and that's fine. I mean, you know that, but uh, you know when when we believe in it, for one thing, we're going to work harder to make them successful. Um, but again, we have to know what that is. Yes, and I think it's where one of the shifts that we think is is so small, but it's so critical is understanding that it's about value. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as there are a lot of purpose pundits out there mm-hmm. being like, people want meaning in their life, mm-hmm. people which we do not disagree with. I do not disagree with. Mm-hmm. The first thing they want in all of the reports coming back is pay. They want right. to be paid well. And mm-hmm. like it or not, paying someone for the mm-hmm. time, the time mm-hmm. they don't get back that they mm-hmm. are spending with you out mm-hmm. of their life is the first way you tell right. them you value them, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, then you can say, okay, I'm going to invest mm-hmm. in helping you to mm-hmm. learn and develop, make sure that I'm connecting mm-hmm. your personal purpose mm-hmm. to our corporate purpose, that I'm helping you to be fulfilled mm-hmm. here at work. That's number two. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually would say that after, after value in capital, it's value in time. And mm-hmm. the best way after you know looking at how do I help you learn, how do I mm-hmm. help you grow, that you can value their time mm-hmm. is to not waste it. So right. if you don't have a good reason for what mm-hmm. you're asking them to do, don't ask. Mm-hmm. Um, have mm-hmm. them spend their time on something else. Have them take a break um, and right. come back so that they're really delivering mm-hmm. on their best self. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I think we saw that happen a lot with the whole work from home thing. You know, mm-hmm. if you were in the office, you were there for eight, nine hours. Um, you know, and 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 you know how much of that time was spent going and getting coffee and you know puttering around and doing this and doing that. And when people worked from home, and or more importantly, how much of that time was spent going to useless meetings? Um, you know, and and so then all of a sudden, when people were home, I think a lot of companies figured out, okay, they can do this job in six hours. Or we don't even care how many hours it takes as long as they get it done. And and we're not going to have these stupid Monday morning meetings where everybody's sitting because, you know, what happens is, of course, they get on Zoom, then they turn their camera off because they've, you know, wandered off, gone to sleep, whatever. Um, and so the, the work from, I, you know, I, that's been one of the fascinating things with people working from home is companies' priorities have shifted. You know, they really have said, you get done what you need to get done in the time you do. And, and even with, you know, if you're a night owl, fine, do your work at midnight. Um, yeah. If we have a meeting at nine o'clock in the morning, that's a required meeting. You need to be there. But otherwise, as long as you get the job done, that's all we care about. That's a huge shift from forward thinking to working backwards. Right. And saying, right. You, you got know, the job well, and then backward or the task and then backwards. 
Correct. So mm-hmm. what, what used to happen very traditionally is, um, which came about um, when Ford built the assembly line, mm-hmm. you know, which is this nine to five, this mm-hmm. concept right. that we have working hours, mm-hmm. not working hours, and mm-hmm. then it's going to be this many hours. Right. Because you know, that machine be runs. That runs day. for mm-hmm. this many hours. Mm-hmm. And we need you something to be mm-hmm. part of this machine to keep mm-hmm. the machine running. Um, and that's how we looked at it. And I think still today, even in discussions about the four-day work week versus the five-day work week, like you're still missing the point. You're looking at it and saying, I have this many hours and mm-hmm. we're going to fill it with stuff because that's how I know that the job got done right. versus mm-hmm. saying- we want to achieve this. Mm-hmm. What's it going to take to achieve mm-hmm. that? And let them figure out how and mm-hmm. when they're going to go about doing it. Because mm-hmm. as long as it fits within the guidelines I've mm-hmm. provided through my values, my mission, mm-hmm. and our plan, mm-hmm. I, do it. You know, right. and if you can figure out how to do it in four hours, kudos to mm-hmm. you. Or from um, the beach. You know, I mean, or from yeah. the beach or on your mm-hmm. it does not matter. Um, as long as that's, you know, we're all working together mm-hmm. towards the same things. And mm-hmm. that's why working backwards is so critical mm-hmm. um with a distributed workforce because we're not gonna have mm-hmm. the ability to be standing and say, Well, you're all stuck here for eight hours, right. so we'll figure it out. Like mm-hmm. that's you don't have that ability. Mm-hmm. You got to know what mm-hmm. you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. so that people are putting their time into the right mm-hmm. things and actually getting there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's absolutely what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Flexible, you know, having enough mm-hmm. paid time off, time mm-hmm. away from work is mm-hmm. huge. Um, so they are already motivated mm-hmm. to make the most of the time they do spend at right. work mm-hmm. because if they can do it more effectively or more efficiently, they're probably going to, mm-hmm. um, which is good for you and good for them. So mm-hmm. why would we not encourage that? Right. Yeah. So these poor micromanagers, I mean, their heads just exploded, right? Because they could not be, you know, they they didn't have their employees under their thumbs. They put, you know, software on people's computers so that they could figure out, you know, what they were doing. And the, but the good managers and and, actually, but now what this is forcing the managers to do is to truly work backward. You know, it's not just, we have eight hours a day. We're going to fill it with stuff. It's what is our end, and then we're going to go backwards from there. And maybe it is a six-hour workday. Maybe it's a 10-hour workday. I mean, whatever it is, but those managers and leaders have to know what that end is and then go backwards. The pandemic has forced this. Absolutely. And I think part of treating people as someone, not something, once you've done this and made it really clear, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm going to use the time that you're giving, that you're investing in your work mm-hmm. really well, which I think is a baseline mm-hmm. commitment as a purpose-driven business. The next piece you're going to say is like, part of that is me helping you to do your best work. And to your point, maybe you are a night owl, maybe mm-hmm. you are an early bird, you know, and after a certain hour, you're just going to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I make sure you can do that? And, mm-hmm. and one of those pieces, as far as cutting out extra noise, because I think we've both cringed at the unnecessary meetings um, is really figuring out and setting clear communications expectations, which mm-hmm. I was just reading a report that the majority of companies don't have, you right. know, what channels are used for what, when mm-hmm. is it appropriate to communicate with mm-hmm. people? When is it not appropriate to mm-hmm. communicate with people? Because they might be doing something else. You know, right. how mm-hmm. how do we really set that up? And then spending time teaching people mm-hmm. how to be better communicators virtually, to be better writers, you know, things mm-hmm. that we have, I don't want to say lost, but we have mm-hmm. deprioritized mm-hmm. Um, because we have just kind of leaned on that crux of the meeting and said, mm-hmm. well, I'll just, I'll just schedule another meeting. You know, mm-hmm. we'll circle back with another meeting. Yep. And it's like, mm-hmm. now you can't. Mm-hmm. So how are we going to start helping mm-hmm. people to, to do other things? Right. 
You know, and, and one of the things you mentioned was, you know, really valuing, you know, people. I think one of the problems has come in and I've heard, you know, several people who now I've worked from home for over 20 years, but I'm also my own boss. And so, you know, um, but for the people who were in an office environment and now are home, either in a hybrid permanently, whatever, the, one of the first growing pain type of things that, that many people had to deal with was that their bosses thought they could work 24 seven. Um, you know, why can't we be sending them an email at nine o'clock at night and expecting them to respond? No, I mean, you know, and, and, but that's one of the things I learned when I brought my office home was to, to tell my clients, I work from eight until five, whatever time zone I'm in, I work eight till five. And, um, you know, and, 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 but I had clients in different time zones. So, you know, we kind of had to adjust in those things, but the way I got it through to them, because they said, but you work from home. Why can't you respond at 10 o'clock at night? And I said, you know, here's the deal. If, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to work evenings, weekends, holidays, but it will cost you double. That got their attention <laughs> you know, because there are times where, you know, emergencies happen, but, you know, it, it's, but so that's where it's important for the employees and, you know, everybody to, to lay down those boundaries and to say, Okay, I'm and or especially when we had people who had kids that were they were having to homeschool, you know, they had to be able to tell them, you know what, my children are taking my time from eight until 10, from two until four, you know, whatever it is, I'll still get my work done. But those are the hours that I'm with my kids, Um, you know, and, and I think it's definitely caused us to be a lot more flexible. Yes. And I think that flexibility is going to need to continue, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know, where you can understand not just Mm -hmm. the individual purpose of the team Mm -hmm. members on your team, Mm -hmm. but when do they work better? When do they Mm -hmm. not work as well? Mm -hmm. Um, Do they have a better channel of communication Mm -hmm. than others, you know, so that you can try as much as possible Mm -hmm. to reach them in the way that's going to work for them best. And they can Mm -hmm. try to reach you in the way that works for them best. Now there will need to be some common ground, you know, Mm -hmm. where we do Uh have to all come to these certain mm-hmm. meetings every week, or we all need to do whatever. Um, and that's where you start to say to the mm-hmm. group, Hey, you know, is Wednesday going to be our team meeting day where we know we're going to schedule most of our meetings mm-hmm. at this time. There are some meetings you all have to attend. You may even have to come into an office. Like, is that the day? Mm-hmm. Um, because that helps people to start to plan their other priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, since it's really about understanding that, you know, we talk about work-life balance and the mm-hmm. reality is you have one life, you know, yeah, there's no balance because work life balance means 50, 50, right? That's the only yeah. way it balances. And that's not what's going to happen. No, no, your life is always going to weave in and out. And I think mm-hmm. what a lot of people have found, although not all, um, is that allowing it to be more shades of gray, you know, mm-hmm. and having the ability to flexibly weave it in and out is allowing them to get more, you know, out of their work and more out of their things that they do outside mm-hmm. of work, like their family or their kids or their hobby or their ability to travel, if mm-hmm. that's what they're really invested in. Right. Did you find with the clients that, that you're working with that the pandemic made them change their purpose and vision and, and all of those things, especially to reflect, you know, their, not only their employees, but the, the world and, and how things were going on and not just the pivot word, um, but, yeah. you know, how they really thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't what we should be doing. So what we found was more a, an opportunity where change was required. So mm-hmm. we were more open to making bigger changes. Mm-hmm. We didn't have people who called an out of left field were like, 
I guess we should do something about that purpose thing. Um, because as a general trend, most of what I've seen is people, you know, taping it onto the outside of their hole badly because they didn't, they didn't really invest. They just want you to think that they did. It was mm-hmm. trendy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I typically talk about the fact that I, I love to wear men's jeans uh, mm-hmm. because they have real pockets, you know, mm-hmm. pockets. I yeah, can they're big my pockets. Hands in. They come mm-hmm. all the way down to my knees. Like it's useful versus mm-hmm. women's jeans, which often don't even have pockets. They just, I think like, you're just supposed to carry line. your lipstick. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> guys, you know, being if you just tacked it on because you wanted to look cool like the other jeans, you didn't get purpose driven right. No. You know, like mm-hmm. let's start with adding value and being mm-hmm. really useful. Our clients typically reached out to us because they said, we now need to dive into a new strategic plan. Mm-hmm. You know, we merged with a couple of organizations and we're going to have to look at doing mm-hmm. things differently. We have an opportunity mm-hmm. because some of the things we thought we were going to do, we're not doing right now to start mm-hmm. looking at doing things differently. So mm-hmm. it took an undercurrent and started to make it a top mm-hmm. current because right. they realized that they wanted to make the shift and now we, mm-hmm. or they wanted to do things differently, even if they didn't, they didn't know this was the shift they were going to make and right. said, you know what, this makes a whole heck of mm-hmm. a lot of sense. I'd like to really refine what we have if we have it, or let's really start from the beginning and make sure that we know what our value is. We can clearly articulate Mm -hmm. it and get everybody on the same page. Mm -hmm. And we have a system in place to help Mm -hmm. us run our business this way every day. Right. You know, and unfortunately, I think what we saw was the companies who refuse to change, pandemic or not, they're the ones that don't survive. Um, It comes back to what we were saying at the very start with, this is the way we've always done it. You know? Things change, folks. You know, you're you're no longer unique, or you know, all these various things, and so we have to change. Which means our purpose, our vision, those things can change also. They're you know, just because they're on the wall doesn't mean that they can't be rewritten. Absolutely, and we would always encourage, like, hopefully, your purpose. You did the work to get something that's pretty lasting. But those mm-hmm. other pieces, please review um, and make sure that you're talking to your the people you serve. You're right. talking to your team. You're talking mm-hmm. to your partners, because that's what's going to tell you what's mm-hmm. shifting for them, so that you can adapt and continue mm-hmm. to deliver the value they need. Right. I love it. I love it. Well, oh my gosh, Katie, this has been such a fascinating discussion. I would love to continue it, um, you know, at, at some other time. So we'll we'll have you back. But in the meantime, tell people about exactly what the services are that you provide and how they can reach out to you. Absolutely. So I run uh, Matter Pulse, uh, which is a organizational transformation company. We work with uh, leaders uh, who want to develop high impact teams um, and really be able to deliver that value they set out to deliver. So we help them cut through the noise of business and their work uh, by helping them to work backwards. And we do that through our simple system, which we call Matter Logic. Uh, start with what matters um, and then start to train your thinking to focus on that. Um, so we help them to put that into place in a way that's going to move their business forward. Uh, I also have as part of that a, a subset team uh, called Matter Seven that helps to evolve their story. You know, it's so important to be able to communicate who you are, what you do, and why it matters. Um, I have a team dedicated um, to delivering on that work, which we do through a, a seven-step process. Um, so that's what we're working on, um, and we're happy to help anybody who's listening to this, or even if you're just curious to be like, I want to know more about that that working backward thing and and how that has to do with purpose-driven business, I'm more than happy to talk to you um, and see if I can answer your questions and and be of help. So how do they find you? Easiest way to find me is through LinkedIn. Uh, You can find me. I'm 
in a black shirt on a white background. So it'll be very easy to match it up. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are welcome to follow me. You're welcome to connect with me. You're Mm -hmm. welcome to drop me a message. I will take time to meet with you and try to answer your questions. Mm -hmm. And the other great way to find uh, me or to, to get involved with our community and hopefully get some actionable advice as to how to make this shift in business is to subscribe uh, to the weekly, uh, which gets into your box every week with one actionable tip at a time, which Mm -hmm. you can get to by going to matterlogic.co backslash weekly. Perfect. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, we really have been having a great discussion and I think this is so important for people, you know, even if you're the the little one person business, just doing a little thing, or the big gigantic firms. I mean, you know, this is so important for people to think, what is my why? What is our purpose? And because you're going to be more fulfilled. You know, it's not just, hey, I want to make money. That's nice. But it's, you know, why am I here? You know, let's let's feed our souls and our heart as well as everything else. Um, so I can't wait to, to talk with you about this again. But do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Final thought I would have is, is whether you're an individual or a company, always be asking yourself, am I doing something valuable or am I adding to the noise? You know, Mm -hmm. did I need to have this meeting? Is this helping my team or am I adding to noise? You know, did I need to put out this extra blog post today? Is it really saying something valuable? Is it helping my audience learn something or is it adding to noise? Um, And I think that if we all started to ask ourselves if what we're doing is adding value to ourselves and to the world or just adding noise, I think we would be in a much better place to start to reduce the noise volume and put out things that really matter. I love it. And there's an awful lot of noise in this world, right? Yes. Well, I have been having such a fascinating discussion with Katie Burkhart. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.